Bueller. 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 How'd you do? I do. I passed, but I failed. Yeah! But then I'm happy and sad. Bright as you could have a brother or so. Don't call me stupid. Who out of the chicken crossed the road? Take it from the left to the right! Right! You'll be teaching remedial English. Remedial English? Look, I ain't no English teacher. See? Double negative. What if she wants you to kiss her? Well, then I guess I'm just gonna have to kiss her. Amanda Jones is no minor leaguer who will be swept off her feet at the touch of your amateur lips. Thanks. This babe has plenty of battle scars. Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to the season ender uh, of Rusted Junk, uh, whereby we bring to a close our team uh, thing that we're doing. Um, we are looking at the seminal film, uh, The Breakfast Club, the 1985 film Breakfast Club, directed by John Hughes, starring Anthony Michael Hall, Neil Westervez, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <coughs> Chicks, can I hold a smoke? That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Sonny, you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. You don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. Well, there we have it. The Breakfast Club. Mmm. Mmm. Before we go any further, yeah. for regular listeners, we we'll already know the surprise we're about to do, uh, to spring upon our listeners. But we are joined by our, I don't know, do we call them, we're not a sister podcast? No. No? No? no. Friends. Friends. Our friend, friend, friendly podcast. Um, I am over the moon to introduce uh, Joe Hogarty and Taylor Catcher from the W... WDWNT Nerd Alert podcast, our good friends. Uh, welcome. It's great to be here. Super excited. <laughs> Come on, just say it with a little bit more gusto. I, well, I was just following Joe's lead. Uh, it's really great to be here. It's fantastic Yay. being yeah. here. No, I was going to say it's kind of nice being a guest for a change and not a host. It's way easier, yeah. right, Joe? It like, is so, so way easier. easier. <laughs> and Charlie should know this too, because it's like, I always feel like it's like you're driving a car and you're trying to focus on the road. But like for me, there's two brats behind me in the back seat. Are we there yet, just, Joe? Yeah, they're basically, I'm there yet. And I'm trying to, 
with, with your arm going at the back seat, swatting them. Stop, stop looking about. Back it in, you two. <laughs> now, my thing is I'm trying to stop them from talking over each other. <laughs> he stole my toy. That's true. And they both have a lot of toys, too. Oh, brilliant. So it's definitely uh, anyway, fun and appreciated we, being on here. We, uh, this this season this season has been John Hughes heavy only because if you talk about teen films then it's probably the, the place that we that we started on this um, we we've missed out a couple of his but it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day we've got we've got the main ones and I think in this one we've got the the the, the masterpiece have we well have we well this is this this leads me on to the, the next one I'm going to go last on this okay so usually. What we do is regular listeners will know that we give a score out of 10. Um, and I am dying to know everybody's score because I, I think I could, when I think I can guess things and then suddenly it takes another direction. And, and here's the kicker, which I told to Joe um, beforehand, right? Usually when we finish watching the film, I turn to I turn to Amanda and I say, what do you think? And, and the card's very close to a chest, very poker player. Um, and sometimes she'll go, meh, meh. Or in the case of Leviathan, what the jeans was that, right? But if when it comes to this, she just turned around and went, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> and, and gave nothing away. So um, I think, well, who should we start? Come to you second to last. Yes. So um, Taylor. Taylor, out of ten, and and the reasons why. Just just a brief thing. We'll talk about the film after after roll call. But what what do you think? Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. And hey. uh, wow. briefly briefly why I don't really connect with it. It just it's not the high school experience that I had. Um, okay. But I give it a lot of praise for being so iconic and so part of the zeitgeist of you know the classic. Um, you know, high school, uh, uh, you know, uh, clicks. That's the word I was looking for. Clicks. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, it it helped that I'm I'm rewatching Community right now, and the first season of that is like so Breakfast Club heavy that you know I was like I'm so glad I rewatched that movie just recently. Uh, anyway, so that's that's oh, right. Let me chop that down. Right, Community. Right. Okay. I'll be I'll be starting that then. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's, there's one school, uh, Joe. So you may regret wanting to hear how I feel about it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go lower. I actually am going to give it a 5 out of 10. Well, it's been great. I don't know, Charlie, but you know what it is? I did not watch it in the 80s when this came out. And right. I watched it the, for the first time last year. And then I watched it again about a week ago. And I just don't like this movie. And we'll get into it, or I'll get into why I don't like it. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan. This is actually my least favorite John Hughes film, which is tough considering Weird Science is on that list too. Oh, Weird Science was good. That's funny. Oh, I got that. Well, I'm just saying Weird Science is above Breakfast Club on my list. I mean, it also has an Oingo Boingo song, so really gives it some Well, all the best films do. Um, okay, well, here we go. Like you. Don't worry, don't join in right. these two. Like you, Joe, I'd never seen it in the 80s. Um, and I think I'd only watched snippets of it, and I'd never watched the whole film at all until last night. So, 
for me, I felt there was bits empty. I felt a little bit not quite fulfilled. I, I kind of watched the trailer before and thought, oh my God, that looks an amazing film. It looks like really good fun and engaging and blah, blah, blah. I just couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. So I'm giving it a six, I'm afraid. Poor oh, Charlie. Seven, years, you? Six. Oh, Sorry, six. I thought, six well, for me. I thought there might possibly be an eight floating around in there and, somewhere, but and I've probably given it an extra one to be a six because of the music. But the, the music's not right. The music's better than I thought it would be. Oh, okay. Amanda and I are separated at birth, I swear. There's sometimes <laughs> I listen to the podcast and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe she's thinking exactly as I am. I gave a full point basically for the music because the music was good. <laughs> and I just so it was gave, a five and a four. Oh my God. It actually, just as we were doing this, I did not want to really upset Charlie. I was going to give it a four. But I was like, I'll give it a five. Four or five doesn't matter. Whoa. I gave it an extra point for its iconography, okay. but otherwise it would have been a six out of ten. <laughs> oh, there's extra points for Oh my god. You know what? I'm gonna, uh, What's I'm gonna yours? You better hope Jack know, shows up. <laughs> I'm gonna catch all these extra points that are flying around and they can add to my ten. Ten? It's a ten. Oh, a ten? It's, it's a not a ten. It's not a ten. Yeah. There's no way. No. It's a ten. It's yeah. a, and it's a 10 for many reasons. Right, of which we'll probably hear about later. Of which we will come to, absolutely. But, wow, okay. Well, good job, good job by uh, when it came to trivia time, all, all the things that I, that I had to read out. I was like crossing out, I was like thinking, oh God, everyone's going to be going, oh yeah, it was really good, and then this bit happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll, uh, <laughs> maybe trivia time will be a bit shorter this, this week, <laughs> or this time even. Anyway, um, crikey, on that bombshell, I'm going to to recover. I think I need something a bit stronger than the coffee that I've got. I mean, (laughs) stronger as it may be. Um, Let's go into um, roll call. Let's go to roll call, shall we? Yeah. Roll call. Okay, so roll call. Um, Do you know what? I think we'll do this a little little bit differently. Um, Anthony Michael, so if I say to you two, Anthony Michael Hall, what comes to mind? 16 Candles. Okay. I remember having to look him up because I was like, I've heard the name a lot, but I don't, I couldn't tell you a movie off the top of my head that he was in. I feel like animated movies are, is he the one that does, no, he's not the one that does the comedy stuff. So nothing really. I mean, this, I guess, right. I don't know. Okay. The 80s. So when you saw, when you saw him in Weird Science, you were quite, you kind of liked him in that. I did. I thought he played a very good character in Weird Science. Hmm. Yeah. So you think he played a better character? Uh, ah, yeah, I see. He did that weird voice thing again. Voice thing. Yeah, and and since like we did the podcast about weird science, we then watched um, a documentary about weird science, and he'd been watching a lot. Someone asked him where that voice came from. You know, when he's like, so he goes to the club and he gets drunk, and then he has that oh, voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he was watching a lot of Richard Richard Pryor. Mm. Um, comedy mm. and um, it was kind of imitating that kind of thing and that's where his line comes from in this film yeah. where he goes chicks cannot hold their smoke that's what it is that's him doing a Richard Pryor line um, which looks a bit out it looks it's, very much out of place really yeah. uh, in that sense and I, you know I give that still a 10 by the way um, <laughs> I'm not giving anything so, away so for me in this film um, 
he was he was bobbing along and then when the storyline kind of like when you had that kind of moment where you weren't really expecting to understand why he was in detention on a Saturday morning the mm. fact that am I, am I allowed to say oh yeah I mean, oh, yeah, the fact that they found that gun and uh, <laughs> flag gun well what turned out to be a flag gun but he got an F and he couldn't possibly live with himself having an F because he's an A student in because he got it in shop because he got it in shop rather than we got it yeah anything else he's supposed so. to make the elephant where they pulled the, pulled the trunk and the light came on <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm glad they've seen the film because, like, yeah, because otherwise it's it, ramble on about this elephant exactly. with this light thing. Oh, yeah. So, Anthony Michael Hall, he started out as Rusty Griswold in Vacation National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm, that's right, yeah, okay. Um, 16 Candles, Weird Science, Breakfast Club, obviously. Um, then you've got a bit of, then you've got a four year break, and I don't know if you were like, obviously, if you didn't know a lot of, if you take the Anthony Michael Hall in 16 Candles, then you watch Edward Scissorhands in 1990, and you go, "Wait a minute, the, the boy Winona Ryder's boyfriend looks a bit familiar," and he bulked up a bit and he put some muscle on and stuff like that. And you're like, "Whoa, oh. that's the guy from The Breakfast Club," and it's literally only five years ago. Um, and he's also in a film of Six, six Degrees of Separation, uh, which we've discussed before. Um, he's very good in that. Very Will good Smith in that. in that one too. Yeah, that's right. It's Will Smith. It was an ensemble piece. It was only uh, four of the minute. Will Smith uh, was taken in um, by Donald Sutherland and Stockard Channing, and Anthony Michael Hall played Will Smith's gay lover. Mm. So yeah, um, but so it was all a setup. That was very um, risque I, back then. Yeah, it was. And it's very. I, I mean, it still holds up. I mean, it more than holds up. Held up then. It still holds up now. It's a really good film. I mean. I always refer to that. If anyone wants, you know, they look at Wild West and think Will Smith was a one-trick pony with Men in Black. Go and look at Six Degrees of Separation and go and watch him act. You know, Independence Day. That wasn't acting. <laughs> he Not got the alien out of spaceship. What, welcome to Earth. Yeah, he welcomed yeah. to Earth. It's like the famous line. <laughs> it's an iconic line. It is. <laughs> okay, your next test, um, Emilio Estevez. Oh, I was going to say one last thing about this. My okay. impress Taylor about Anthony Michael Hall. He was in The Dark Knight. That's where it was. He's the, um, is he the, um, the newscaster? The, the newscaster, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I was like, oh, uh, that's where I saw him recently. He's the newscaster. Yeah. He interviews, was that guy the Riddler? <laughs> or supposed to be the Riddler? The guy, the, the accountant that was going to rat out. The accountant, to... yeah. I don't think he was supposed to be the Riddler, but yeah, the, he interviewed the accountant and he was also, he was in all of them, but like just on the news, which was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that one out, especially with you guys. Me. <laughs> Sorry, we are from Nerd Alert Podcast. I just want to yes, you. indeed. Well, I've got I've got a special one, especially for you, Taylor. Right at the end, okay. Oh, cool. I, there's one that's designed. When I looked at it, I went, "What?" Anyway, we'll get to that. Emilio, Emilio um, Estevez, Estevez, the Mighty um, Duck Man. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Mighty Ducks, Joe. I'd say the same thing. Mighty Ducks. That's what I know him for. And... Didn't well, he do that movie with Charlie Sheen where they were... Uh, oh, uh, Stakeout, Stakeout. Oh, no, no, I thought you were going to go Men in Oh, Black. the garbage oh, one? Men, the garbage men one? at Work. Yeah, Men, men at work. work. Yeah. Men at Work, is it? Also, <laughs> heavily, I heavily remember him from Night at the Roxbury because they keep shouting his name. Because have you seen Night at the Roxbury with Will Smith and... Uh, no. And... Uh, uh, Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan. Uh, so it's an, it's an SNL skit they made into a movie similar to Wayne's World. And... Oh. Uh, 
they <laughs> the whole time they're always telling this story about they're trying to impress girls in line to get into a club and they're always like so there i was waiting to use the payphone this guy turns around and tips his hat just like this you know who that guy was emilio estevez the mighty duck man i swear to god and i was like emilio he was he was like emilio anyway <laughs> it's well Oh, this is adding, this is adding this another is, dimension. It is, it is. This is amazing. Um, I was going to say, well, I've got the films here. I mean, Repo Man is where he first started, and Repo Man is a classic film. It's an Alex Cox. Never heard of it. Oh, really, really good. What's in the boot, or what's in the trunk, for our, uh, Not what's in the box. Um, St. Elmo's Fire, uh, which Ali mm-hmm. Sheedy was in, and Judd Nelson was in uh, the year before. Uh, so sorry, same year, by, but, yeah. um, what's his name was it no it wasn't John no. Hughes no no, okay. <laughs> no it wasn't uh, he was in the Stephen King film Maximum Overdrive no about the truck yeah I remember that the very good truck that was pretty good Stakeout which uh, Taylor's already said Young Guns yeah I know. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah it was in Young Guns yeah. uh, Judgment Night Dennis Leary with the the five the five guys on the way to the uh, they're on the way to the game and they take the wrong turn and they end up in the Neighborhood from from hell, uh, men at work, and he played a young Jed Bartlett in uh, the episode of The West Wing um, called Twenty Five. Oh. Yes, which I remember. Oh, is that his dad? dad? Yeah, that's his dad. Yeah, it's cute. Oh. It's really good. That's cool. Um, unfortunately, now we get to the well, we get to Judd Nelson, who to me is the standout. We'll get to that in a moment. But talent, talent, not really realised. Um, I'm going to throw it out to anybody. Anything apart from the Breakfast Club? Well, the one that you mentioned um, about last night was that it? Yeah, so he wasn't in there either. Well, well what was the one you? The other one you, so you got St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, that one. Um, I've seen that. You know what he was in, Taylor? That you would know is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. What was he in that? He was. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. I think oh, he was yes. like a cop or a sheriff or something like that. He had a mustache. Was that really Judd Nelson? Mm-hmm. Whoa, I need to rewatch that. So he's one of the guys that made fun of um, Will Ferrell's character then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But that's all that I could think of, really. Well, I remember, because obviously I used to go down and rent the VHS, and then when they were putting the bargain bin for £5, so $7, I used to buy them. Um, but he came out with a, a, a legal drama called From the Hip, and that was really good. Um, so I always say, like a standout, a standout film from Roll Call that I'd advise people to go and watch. I probably already used up Six Degrees of Separation, but From the Hip is really good. He was in New Jack City uh, with Ice T. Problem is, though, would people still be able to get hold of that film from the Hip? Probably uh, not. I, I, I've I heard of that. I would quite happily uh, stream it for, on. <laughs> Possibly legally, I would think. Yeah. Um, but he was in a, a TV show called Suddenly Susan. Anything? Was that Any with Brooke Shields? I think. I think so, yeah, yeah. I, I should have looked it up on YouTube, but I couldn't remember him in that. On to Molly Ringwald? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. See, we're joined at the hip, or we're uh, just okay. a pond just, apart, Amanda and I. I just don't get it. I don't get it. What is so fantastic about her? She's not that great an actress i'm sorry and then, <laughs> look at his face um <laughs> the they also i mean she did kind of disappeared after the 80s anyway did, i mean yeah. you yeah. have you know you have your pretty in pink you have i think she's in is she in st elmo's fire with the other guys no. 
now? She's in 16 uh, Candles. 16 Candles, 16 Pretty candles. in Pink. That's the, yeah, okay. So there's three, yeah. right? She's in three of those. Judd, she uh, fell out with John Hughes. That's why she disappeared. Yeah, I learned that from listening to Rusted Junk, and I yeah. despised her even more <laughs> after that. Yeah, Same just... thing with Anthony Michael Hall. It's like the, the two of them were a bunch of ungrateful brats. Well, hey, that's like, the, that's like the movie, though. Well, that's why they didn't have, nice. and, they, oh, okay. and they didn't have a career after that. Right, let's let's see if we can um, get a better hit rate. Ali, Ali Sheedy. I got one. Uh, she's Go the on. bad guy in Psych. She plays um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Yang. So in the in the TV show Psych. Which is my, okay. one of my favorite shows, and it's like it's it's got so many pop culture references. You guys would love it. You you would love it. You'd absolutely love it. Oh. And it's about a a guy who is a um, well, he's pretending to be a psychic detective because he's just a really good detective because his dad was a detective and he has a photographic memory. But he tries to solve he solves a murder by just watching the news, and he calls in a a tip, and they think he must be a part of it because no one could have known that. And so he has oh, to pretend he's a psychic, and the whole show is him pretending he's a psychic, but it's a comedy. <laughs> drama you know and he has a partner who and they both just make absurd references together all the time wait a minute did that star um Delay hill the yes um, yes yeah yes. from the west wing he's the yeah right. he's the other uh he's the he's the uh partner and right. uh he's like the straight guy to to sean spencer's you know um okay. they, you know, it's super great and there's now two movies the second movie just came out on nbc's new peacock service anyway now but the point is that mr yang was a uh, like a evil serial killer villain to Sean Spencer, and it turns out—I mean, spoilers for the show, I guess—that it's it's her. Uh, and so I was oh, like, what? "Where oh, have I seen Taylor. her before?" Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's uh, people. Are UK, oh, are UK listeners oh. are going psych? Yeah, no one knows the show, so it's a you know obscure okay. American show, um, and it's super great though. It's really really worth a watch if you like pop culture and like great references because every there's a whole Twin Peaks episode that was called uh, Dual Spires, and they even had all oh. the actors from Twin Peaks but playing different weird roles. The whole show is like real great. Uh, I love that. Just, you just oh, said, we, we just love Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin, Twin just, Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, love it. I've been to uh, nice. so where I live here in Seattle, I found out that the Double R and the, the yes. waterfall where the thing is all which was like forty five minutes away. So my second weekend when I moved here, I drove there and was like, Diane, I'm coming to the town of Twin Peaks, <laughs> and just drove in there. I found where the sign was, and I took a picture of exactly where the Welcome to Twin Peaks sign would have been with the two behind it. It's really great. So, oh, did you say, I'm so jealous. Did you say, Diane, I'm holding my hand a small pack of chocolate bunnies? Yeah. And then when I got to the, the diner, I guess the original one burned down and then they had to rebuild it basically almost like brick for brick. And so I got there and I'm eating my thing and I was like, can I get a, a, a cup of coffee? A damn fine cup of coffee. And they're like, sure. And then, and then at the end, I'm like, and a piece of pie. And they're like, yeah. Like they knew what I was there for, you know, and they, yeah, yeah. You know, they heard it like, like I'm having this yes. cherry pie and drinking yes. my coffee and I bought my mug and I was like, ha ha ha, just by myself, having a great time. Anyway. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Was Sherilyn Finn in that? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, I was in love with her. I thought oh, she yeah. was so damn hot. Oh, she what, was. Well, have you, have you, have you got Ali Sheedy yet? Uh, oh, me? Before? Made yeah. in Manhattan? <laughs> okay, yeah. But I know she was also in um, She's Having a Baby. Um, Briefly. She was one of the talking heads at the end when they're guessing the, they're guessing the names. That's it. Which she's really? in it for about 
She's in it for about three seconds. Well, I didn't see it. That was like one of the John Hughes films. I, I thought yeah. it was, wasn't it Kevin Bacon and her? Well, yeah. No, 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 Joe. No, uh, it's um, her and uh, Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern. In, oh, okay. I, I must have got them. Yeah, she, she's at the end. She gets a credit in the film, but John Candy's in it. Um, you know, John Candy comes in, Dan Aykroyd. They're all doing the names at the end. That's one of the best bits of it. Um, I fell in love with Ali Sheedy because she played um, Matthew Broderick's girlfriend, Jennifer, in War Games. Oh, and, uh, is that her? She looked, she looked good in War Games. Yeah. I forgot that I she was in War, War Games. Games. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was War cute. Games. The, the War Games, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. The, the hacker that really starts World War II. This reason alone is why they changed <laughs> this. Literally, what we're doing right now is why it was um, The Shining instead of War Games and the, uh, the movie version of um, what was that? The, the movie where they, they go into the it's like VR in the future and uh, oh, uh, Ready Player One. Ready yeah, Player book. One, right? In the Ready book, it was, the book was War Games. Yeah. And I was reading it, I'm like, wow, I love War Games. This is great. Like, it's only for us, right? Like, the normal person's like, War Games, this obscure Matthew Broderick film? I have never seen it. And you're like, okay, well, that's obscure what I mean. Obscure Matthew Broderick film? Well, we just proved it was. No, it was. Oh, well, You've well, got three and... big old nerds right do here. You think it was like... a, do you think it was an obscure, uh, Charlie, War Games? War Games? War yeah. Games, I, I, I it was out. super popular. To today's back in audience, though, okay. Well, maybe so, like, today's I'm audience. I'm a unique case because I watch old movies, but like most people in their 30s probably wouldn't know this movie, War Games. Um, yeah. I, I will say I agree with Charlie, man. I, I thought she was very hot, Ali Sheedy. I thought yeah. in this movie she should have been playing Claire. Not, but, oh, you know, well, I mean, well yeah. we may get, to, we may, we may get. Oh, is that, you're saving that for trivia side. <laughs> okay, we'll <laughs> save that for trivia like that. Okay, okay. Uh, before we before we move on to the next one, she was also short circuit and short circuit. Oh, oh that's oh, right. That's that robot thing that goes a little bit haywire. Number five. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny five. five alive. You know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we did it. Paul Gleason. There's there's not many actors. There's not many actors in this. Well, let's move on to the next one. Paul Gleason. Come on. Don't let me down. I'm going to let you down because I... Either of you can chip in and tell me one of the things that's in I've seen, seen him in other things him. before. Was I know he for a, sure. Was he in Animal House? Well, no, no. Shall I... Can I give you the line? Yeah, go ahead. We're going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. Oh, he's the he's in Die Hard. Yeah. He's the, the jerk uh, captain. Yeah. Oh, man, I knew it. Dwayne, I was like, where have Dwayne I seen T, this guy before? Dwayne T. Robert... Uh, is it Dwayne T. John... Uh, Dwayne T. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but man. when I was looking at up, he was also he was also the private eye in Trading Places. Um, that oh. ends up in the gorilla suit at the end. And oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Man, okay. So he, you know he what's was interesting? In I thought about his character at least in the beginning. I can understand why they've cast that guy who is the scroll from. Um, he was also in Ready Player One. He was the bad guy in Ready Player One. He's oh, the scroll. Uh, in oh, yeah, what's his name? Oh, he's director Kremick. Crank him. He's like the new that guy. Like Jack's you know, coming like, on. Sorry. Yeah. To me, I was just like, I was like, man, that's a similar role to. Um, I started out liking his character and sympathizing with him, kind of like when I rewatched Mrs. Doubtfire recently, going, well, I mean, I think that Sally Field's right here. Um, but then he did some weird stuff halfway through this movie, and I was like, no, I don't like this guy anymore. I was like, no, he's he's a jerk. <laughs> I don't like him. Uh, 
I, w- I was I was like, all right, you know what? Yeah, he's just there. He's bored all day. He doesn't want to be here in attention with these kids. And then I was like, oh no, he's he's not a good person. So never mind. Uh, he, he was actually my favorite in the film, actually. Oh, he's, he played. I mean, they all play a great part. It's Jack, it's Jack Neely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here he is. Oh, he's like that guy on the fence. He, you're R two D two. All right, that's a little better. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. How are things across the pond? The pond is all, all is good here. Well, it was good until everyone gave their scores. Um, oh yeah, ask Jack uh, for his score. Maybe this will change the scales a little Dave, bit. Dave, help, help me, Jack McCarthy. You're my only hope. What's your score? Score on... What would you, what would you give the, the breakfast, breakfast club? About a 10? Out of... A 10? Out of 10. I would say I would give it... Maybe an eight. When did you watch it recently? There's the eight that I was looking for. There's the eight. eight. Well, I, I see one of you is happy. <laughs> when did you When did you last watch it, though? Oh, geez, whenever it was last on. See, that yes. doesn't count. You can't count that. Does, that's that's what? covered in nostalgia. There's so much Vaseline of nostalgia on that answer. It's just like yeah. slathered. Yeah, it's so fuzzy. It's like so you can't. It's like Mrs. You can't see Mrs. Doubtfire underneath all the all the pie. You can't tell Trotman. I, I think I'm forgetting king. that I probably saw this in the theaters when Taylor was still a twinkle in his mother's eye. True. <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> uh, I'm taking it. It's an eight. It's yeah, the, the rest of us pissed on the movie. <laughs> we didn't, didn't oh, like it at all. And then, and then I mean, some. It's a classic. How did you not like it? I oh, gave it oh, an extra point oh. because it was a classic, Jack. Wait till you, wait till you hear this, well, Jack. I know, I know Joe, Joe hates everything. Can you so. just all repeat, your t- all repeat your scores, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, Tyler, you go first. I gave it a seven, but I gave it the, that seven because of its nostalgia. Otherwise, it would have been a six for me. I gave it a four. But, I mean, I don't know. I gave it a five, but as being nice, I was going to give it a four. No, I gave it a six. Don't know. I, I, don't I gave know. it an extra mark for the soundtrack. Oh my god! So did I. That I was my five. Just the really the don't. clicks, the way they exist in this movie are is not the way anything happens nowadays. And also, I don't understand detention. Also, it I never got a. It wasn't the way it happened back then either. That's what we'll get into. That's what I want to discuss mm. later. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. To find yeah. out. I think the new Power Rangers movie, if anyone saw it, is a better Breakfast Club. I think I did like uh, the controversial. It was good, right? And it's the same concept. You got the smart kid that was in there because he had an explosive device in his locker. You have like the the hot girl who's there because she was really mean and did something. Well, she didn't skip school for me. I guess the other so, one was like So let me get shopping. this straight. Taylor, you're upset because the movie did not follow the stereotypes enough. No, it, it, it had stereotypes that I don't feel are appropriate to <laughs> high school. I'm just surprised Taylor just mentioned hot girl. <laughs> That's what her character is. She's the hot girl. I know, but that's not that's so <laughs> unlike you. Um, hey, we're we're talking about the eighties here. Okay? okay, I'm trying to use yep, the lingo of the time. I'm still surprised I'm speaking to you all, apart from Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> thought Fast Times at Ridgemont High was a more better representation of oh, high school. Just, 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 <laughs> okay, right. I'm on a laser here, but anyway, thanks for joining, Jack. It's strengthening numbers, eh? Um, so well, we were just finishing off Roll Call, where we were talking about all, so where we talk about the uh, the actors um, in the film, um, and we came up with Paul Gleason. Um, so uh, you you joined at this point. If I said Paul Gleason to you in another role, what would you say? Another film. 
like, do I like him? Is he not No, good? no, no, as in, as in, give me another film he's been in. Hmm. He wasn't in a Marvel give, comic. Give, he's not going to know who he is. I'll give you. I'll give no, you no. He's one. been. He's been in other things, but he always plays that like uh, principal kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he's we'll, been. We'll he's been in other things, but he always kind of plays a jerk. Yes, absolutely. So, if I give you a, a different line from the same film, they're going after the lights. That's a hard, no. harder line than the one. Is it? Us. Okay, well, let's stick with the original one. We're going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. I, I don't remember, sorry. Die Hard. He was, the, he was the incompetent police chief in Die Hard. Anyway, like yes. Was he the chief in Die Hard? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. Like I said, yeah, another yeah. jerky kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing about it is, when I was looking, when I, when I put together Roll Call, and you know, you, you can see things like you know Anthony Michael Hall hasn't you know done an awful lot. We talked about the Dark Knight that he was in, but when we look at Paul Gleason, it's 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 more like um a, a who's who like of all the films that I watched in the eighties and early nineties, he was in them. So the list is Remington Steele um, with Piers Brosnan, Scarecrow, Mrs. King, Cagney and Lacey, Hardcastle and McCormick, which was amazing. Hill Street Blues, Magnum, Miami Vice, The 18, Dallas. All of these things he's in. And you're probably right, Jack. He plays the same character in, in, every, <laughs> in all of them. Because how could he not? Because he doesn't make any... Anyway, that's Paul Gleason. And the last one on the list is John Kaplos. Who's that? Yeah, that the Carl, janitor. The janitor. Oh, yeah. I actually liked his right. role. Yeah, no, no, yeah, was my favorite character. Me too. Sure. I, I liked him too. Okay, and now... This is going to be. There's a question for the three of you. So, what's first one? First one to answer from a nerd alert point of view. What's he been in recently? Couldn't tell you. I, I don't know honestly. He mm-hmm. was. He played Jack Ruby in the Umbrella Academy. Oh, oh I, I don't watch it. Unfortunately, I watch <laughs> it. Which one was? That's, that's why I said this one's for you, Taylor. I know which. Uh, Jack, Jack Ruby shot. Uh, What's that? Oswald. Okay. Oswald, yeah. Oh, he was that old, like the yeah. the 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 gambler guy or the um, the mob guy. Wow. Yeah. He looks way yeah. different now. Yeah. And and again, a bit like Molly Ringwald, he was in Sixteen Candles and Weird Science, and and not a lot else. Really. He was so in Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Who was he in Sixteen? Uh, he was the groom. Uh, oh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, that's roll call. On to the film then. Mine was a ten, um, and it's it's a ten simply because there wasn't a lot else that there wasn't a lot else that was around at that time that sort of gave an insight. You've got to imagine we we looked to the US for films. We we weren't really getting an awful lot, you know, made made for us in the eighties. You know, we we got all the stuff. We got Back to the Future. We got Goonies. We got all of those sorts of things. All all of the cla- absolute classics. That I really think we were still making Carry On films at that point. I think they we were still were. Really, think, really bad. We still had Monty Python films, but I mean, you know, <laughs> they weren't exactly designed for kids. Um, so all of the stuff that we were getting over, and and I guess for my mind, The Breakfast Club gave me, um, like, I wanted to be 
I wanted to be at an American school. I didn't want to be at the school that I was in. I wasn't particularly enjoying the school that I was at. Oh God, um, don't tell me. You went out and bought no, a second-hand tweed jacket like you did with, <laughs> what was it? Do you know, who's, who's, the ducky? Yeah, ducky's glasses. So, what is that? Wait a minute, so if you piece together all the things that I bought, like I bought Ferris Bueller's beret, I bought Ducky's Ducky's glasses, I'd, I had um, John Cusack's uh, uh, baseball boots from Say Anything, so you could put together the ensemble. And did yes, you get, you know did, what, I'm going to... And I'm you still managed to get a girlfriend? I was going to say, did you get beat up a lot? Not the time, no. No, no, no. I talk about that, but no, I didn't. Why do you think he watched so many films? <laughs> I, was still, I, I was still going out. I just wasn't. Anyway, just the, not with girls. Um, yes. Did you have a skateboard? I didn't no. have a skateboard. <laughs> I did have a time machine though. I had a friend that actually he uh, passer. He rode a unicycle to school. <laughs> he was, oh my god! And he was That's three amazing. miles away. <laughs> Whoa! That's some practice. And he carried his. But books. I did. I did buy a long coat because I did buy a long coat because I wanted to be like John Dales, but it wasn't anything like his. It wasn't a tweed one. It wasn't anything like that. Are you sure you didn't just put your mum's on? My mum's got a tweed jacket. <laughs> My mum didn't have a tweed jacket. Just in case you have this vision of like, you know, people in the country folk with the tweed jacket with, with the pads on. It wasn't like I have one of those in my closet. The doctor wears that, you know, it's important. It's cool. Just like bow ties. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like like Miss Marple. You're you're Miss Marple. Um, <laughs> anyway, I want since we're talking about clothes, I just want to point yeah. something out. So I was watching this movie, and they they don't have it in 4K, so in 1080p. So forgive me. Uh, and the undershirt that Judd Nelson has, who his character, right? He's supposed to be lower income, right? Like that's kind of like a thing with like parents yeah. that are. And his undershirt is the exact same quality and the same undershirt that Emilio Estevez, who's definitely not um, supposed to be the same. And I just, it really pulled me out of the movie. I'm telling you guys, like the costume designer just was not the, he had like the same, it was like this thick, really nice, like, you know, when like long underwear, when you go skiing. That's, that's what pulled you out of the movie. I was the, like, the, but it just doesn't make any shirt. sense. Like, they, like also he wears, he, 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 he Judd Nelson was wearing clothes like I wear literally every day in Seattle. Like I was like, okay, this guy's just like wearing clothes, you know? Like he's got, oh my you know, God, that's okay. amazing. Uh, I mean, oh. that's what people wear in Seattle. Everyone wears that outfit, and so I was just really confused. I was like, I don't understand how his outfit. And, and my my girlfriend kept going like, it, it it was different than like you can't say that on this show. And I was like, I'm gonna say it. Stop but really, focusing on his shirt. Just watch the, the no, but the undershirts didn't make any sense. Like, I just I'm really upset at the costume designer never, because they were both we, these high quality long underwear. Like it was like stuff that you'd wear under skiing. It was really nice. I was like, how do they both have such clean clothes? Anyway. Where did you get we those never earrings have this too? Of Normally. Wow. Oh, oh, I, oh, let me just say, I thought they were all spoiled brats. Every single one of them. I couldn't sympathize what, with what? any of them. Every single one of them. First of all, mm-hmm. it was a cl- uh, Molly Ring- Ringwald's well, characters. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, let's like Molly Ring Molly Ringwald's character. Poor yeah. me. I'm so attractive. I'm so popular. My life sucks. And then you yeah. got the jock over there, who's by the way, Emilio Estevez. That guy has got zero range. He might have negative range. He's they're also so all tall. 35, I think. Yeah, they were all. It's tough crowd. He was <laughs> just like, you know. But he was. I will say he's a typical jock. Because usually a typical jock, like in school, like the girls would go, "Oh, he's so cute." And then like you talk to him and go, "What?" 
You know, it's like they had no conversation in them whatsoever. And that's basically him, too. I don't know. I thought his he had a good he had sympathy. I don't think the pressure on him. I I understood his pressure. But I think what happens, though, in the future is they're all successful. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like I know high school for me was a living hell. And I'm sure it was for a lot of people. But if this was a realistic high school movie and they were all in detention, this is what would happen. All of them, except for uh, Ali Sheedy's character, would gang up on Andrew, a- Anthony Michael Hall's character and just, you know, bother the hell out of him in class. There's no way. And they, and they would feel Disagree. so cool that, you know, they were just beating up on him, making fun of him, throwing things at him. That's how high school was. And the most no, realistic man. part of this movie, too, is when he asks, what's her face, uh, Molly Ringwald, you know, we still be friends on Monday. And she says, no, that's what high school was like. Yeah. So all those kids were in the same classes when I was in high school. They were, we were all in honors. So if you were in football, you had to be in honors. If you were like a smart, like, you know, let's say you were the the hot girls or whatever, they were in honors classes. The smart kids like me were in I, I only had A's in high school. I never got a single B, right? Honors classes. Um, the, you know, the, all of these kids would have already been friends. I just, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, that's why this country is so messed up with all these pampered kids. Oh. What? what? Okay. Well, no, because no, your... what I was, was going to finish with is I, I wanted to be at school with these people. I didn't want to be at school with the people I was with. I'm, I'm watching this and going, so, I want to be there. Question for you then, Charles. Yeah. What clique would you have been in? Well, How, who would you identified with? It feels like me, when they're asking me the rest of it to get on with your parents, it doesn't matter what answer I give. If I give the answer what I'd liked, what I'd like to have been, but I was so polar apart from, I'd love to have been Judd Nelson's character because he's the rebel. Everyone, everyone would love to be him, but no, it's very, very. He would weird. throw you in a locker. That's what he would do, and yes, he, he probably did that. Threw me in a locker at the time, yeah. And he probably did that to Anthony Michael Hall the next day on Monday. <laughs> Yep. No, they all agreed at the end they were going to be friends, Joe. I think it's the full of crap. Movie. No, that that doesn't exist. I mean, I had a situation like that where I spent like the summer with this really cool girl and everything. And, you know, I was like, can we hang out in school? And she's like, well, let's be secret friends. <laughs> <laughs> then she stuffed you in a locker. No, she didn't stuff me in a locker. But she was just stuck up. You know what? I can't say. I can't curse on this podcast, right? No. No. Secret friends. So if I see you being, just what's that? Did you did you continue being secret friends with her once you got back to school after the summer was no, or not? No. I never had anyone say that to me. Secret friends are basically when you see me in the hall, don't say hello. Yeah, <laughs> don't I have to assume me. yeah. I, I have to assume say hello, don't say hello because you'll just damage my sweet cred. Yeah. Yeah, it, Taylor, again, you're coming from a different time period. Yeah, I was like, schools were meaner back then or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, like these, we used to yeah. get bullied oh, yeah, all the I time. Think schools were a little I mean, I was like completely pantsed in the middle of the courtyard once, you know, like everything just pulled down. Like things <gasps> things were still bad for me, but like cool. it still wasn't oh, the same like level of, um, I don't know, like is that, clickiness. Take, is, is that Melvin? Did they actually take Yeah, Melvin. Melvin, completely Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> Did they take your underwear oh, down too? Yeah, the whole thing. Because oh, they wow. wore a belt from that point on. <laughs> oh, 
So you guys don't don't pretend like I'm like from like some peaceful time in high school. High school still. No, sucks, now I'm but... picturing you like in high school in the middle of like the football. I was also field. like 130 pounds and like you know Damn. looking younger, like two to four years younger than everybody else. So like you know it's uh it's still though I just didn't ever see the complete outward animosity. You know it was always like that. Also that guy was like a guy from like a class that was not the main. He was like an outlier. It wasn't like the like. Even the coolest, one of the coolest guys that was, he was, he was the captain of the wrestling team. He was on the football team. He was in the honors classes. He would play, he, we would talk about World of Warcraft, like in our, in our like calculus class. Like it didn't really matter where you were. Everything was kind of related. Um, okay. It's just like there was, so, you know, still bad things happen. I guess throw, throw, throw it back to you. Uh, uh, before I throw it back, um, what would like, you know, Jack, what, what would you, I, I think I'd be, I think I'd like to have been John Nelson. I wasn't. I was probably Anthony Michael Hall. Probably. I was probably closer to him than than any of the others. I'd like to think I was had a little bit of Alexei's weirdness in me, but I certainly wasn't any of the other two. No. I, let's see. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know where I would have fit. Oh, you would have been Anthony Michael for sure. I, I yeah, but you see, I wouldn't have been that pathetic. <laughs> I'd have Michael Anthony Hall tendencies, but I, I wouldn't be that bad. Who but remember, also, I went to an all boys high school, so what? it was it was different. We didn't have you know those women folk distracting us, <laughs> and that kind of dialed some things up a bit. Like I remember being online for lunch. And I was a senior, and a freshman went walking down the hall, and our, let's say, well, our student overlord, well, who would watch over us, the uh, Mr. Murak was his name, and he was a retired army sergeant, master oh, sergeant, and he basically ran things in the lunchroom area. So he walks, this freshman walks past him one way, and then he turns around and the freshman is gone. And Murak basically yelled, all right, give him back. And this little guy came like flying out of the crowd somewhere and, and just like flopped onto the floor, you know? And of course, all of us kind of laughed. Um, but things like that would sort of happen like when problems broke out in the lunchroom it was it was that classic food fight scene you'd see in movies you know except oh, no, sometimes really? a chair or two would be thrown around as well this is why and mind you this was a this was a good school that I went to was it Catholic too <laughs> it was a Catholic all boys high school but you know, same thing. Oh, if you okay. got into a if you got into a tussle, they'd be like, "No, wait, guys, break it up, break it up." You know, they let let you get it out of your system a bit, and then they break it up before things got too far. But it was it was a little bit different uh, from the mm. experience some people had in high school. But overall, I would say it wasn't bad. But stuff went on that was a little bit rougher than what you hear schools are like today. Um, right. There was no such thing as the anti-bullying movement. Um, 
you yeah. just if you got bullied you kind of sucked it up and then you went and hung out with your group of people or you, you bought a gun away <laughs> from each other so yeah but the reason i wanted to, the reason i wanted to be at that school is because i was at a boys boarding school um so like mum and dad paid for you know thousands of pounds every term in order to for me to be at boarding school and I just hated every minute of it because I, I came from like the comprehensive stream so I didn't come from like the prep prep schools and you know the private the, the private thing I was basically this comprehensive lad pulled out a bit rough ready and stuck into the middle of this this group of spoiled brats basically did you um, wear you just, um, you just didn't understand did, did you did wear I, Harry Potter robes and stuff like that <laughs> They don't wear uh, yeah, they had the blazers though. Yeah, they did. You had to wear them for chapel every morning. Really? You had chapel. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Um, the the mass that the the teachers wore the robes. Um, the sixth form wore, wore robes. Yeah, it was it was very Harry Potter. I wish it was like Hogwarts because there were <laughs> staircases, talking portraits, a lot more fun. Yeah. You could have cast quite a few spells on some master people in there. I, I, I still might. Who knows? <laughs> as long as you pass your OWLs, you'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, the chapel, the dining room was pretty much looked like the, the Harry Potter dining room. The chapel pretty much looked like, uh, well, it, yeah, it's uh, it was called um, Ellesmere College. You can look it up. It, it looks exactly the same. Um, lovely little part of Shropshire. Did the uh, uh, professors wear like graduation caps? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you had to when you when you sat. Oh, so you ready for this? This sounds a bit like the army. When you sat at a table, so you sat at benches. If a prefect or a teacher sat at your table, you then had to change how you ate. You had to. So if you were eating, so let's say you're eating with knife and fork, or, or something like this, then you had to regiment it. So you had to you had to lift your arm up and, and put the food to you, and then back again. And it was like this sort of conforming um, and respect for, for the, you know, for the uh, for, for the elders, I suppose. That's a bit crazy. And it's yeah, weird. No, and you, you always hope that the prefect never sat at your table. I mean, what, what happened in reality is it very rarely happened in the sense that the prefects all sat with themselves, the teachers all sat with themselves, but there were the odd times when it does that. And if woe betide you, if you didn't, if you didn't change your eating habit, you because you would have got, yeah, well, you would have got kick, detention and a kicking. Um, Got a kick in by the I'll just leave it here. I'll just leave it here. Um, you'll never experience psychological warfare like you will at a, a boarding school. I'll tell you. Was the tension eight hours on a Saturday? Uh, that's also something I didn't know. I agree, uh, Taylor, 100%. Well, that would well, be ridiculous. Detention would be, detention's more like, um, so what would happen is, um, I, I didn't board, so I didn't stay there, thank goodness. So you'd get dropped off in the morning at eight. You'd have to be in chapel by half past eight uh, at nine o'clock. Uh, so, so, and then school would finish at, at four. You'd then have to do two hours work before you could go home. Then when you got home, you had two hours work to do at home and then repeat, repeat. What's it? Edge of tomorrow. Live, die, you know. Yeah, die, die, repeat. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I was going to say, uh, you know, getting back to Taylor's point, the eight hours of detention on a Saturday, never heard of that. And, like, what did they do? Did they try to blow up the school? I mean, because that's well, we when you would have something. Did. I know what they tried, you know, what they did and everything, which, again, was ridiculous, a lot of things that they did. 
but that's pretty harsh to have someone stay for like a full eight hours on a Saturday. And it's harsher even, I think, for the dean to stay there. Yeah, I, that it guy just stuck there makes no sense. And, I never uh, had I, detention. What do you do in detention? Can anyone tell me? After school, you have to stay like for an hour. And I guess you just sit in a desk and you can do homework, but you're basically, you're going to miss your bus and all that stuff. And then you put your life in danger because at that point, you, you, know, home. you have to get home and you can get mugged and you can get stabbed and all that stuff. So that's what detention's well, like. Well, see, the thing about it is if, you were, if, if your detention was that bad, um, you'd have to go and do it in the headmaster's office. And the headmaster had a cane um, and he liked to use it. <laughs> so yes, you never, never... That only ever happened to me once, but anyway, we're digressing. We're, we're here to talk. The, this isn't a, uh, a, Sorry. A, ther- a therapy group for me, but yeah. Anyway, um, uh, let's you're joining the, the rusted junk crossover episode <laughs> where we're bringing out all our teen tragedies. Well, like, you know, let's rip good. open those old wounds. And eventually, we'll all just start crying together. I'm sorry, Charlie. <laughs> you know, no, continue, it's... continue no, with no, the no. format of rusted junk. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick. I'm gonna have to pick you up, Joe. They're not all. I'll give you the sport. The sport brat. The sport brat is Molly Ringwald. Okay. Yeah, she's sport. The rest brat. of the man and, and Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. At the start of the film, her parents drop her off. Okay. They then. Break breaks suddenly. She gets out the car. She leans forward to like say goodbye to them, and they just drive off. And and Ali Sheedy must be pretty much. Uh, you get the feeling that when she she says in the film, she so she drops all the hints. My life is is unsatisfying, you know, and all the things that she is. She's kleptomaniac. She's a pathological liar. She's all of this sort of thing, right? It makes me think that she's like unwanted child, and she's right. absolutely spot on. That her home life is pretty. It's just pretty much non-existent. She's she's just looking after herself. She's amusing herself. Yeah. But I guess my problem with her is that she's really attractive, and I think that if she oh, was in high okay. school, even if she was eating boogers all day long, there'd be a line of guys. Okay, but that's because be she's her. an actor and it's a movie. Well, she was miscast. No, that's why. Yes, she was. Do you not think the end of the film that when she was, you know, put the makeup on and everything, she I was beautiful to, before was, that. Exactly, I always, I always have a problem. I always have a problem with that because it's just out of place. It's almost as if we need to make her look like this, right? So that it's acceptable for Angela, conforming, you know, Angela yeah. Hurt, Emilio Estevez, and then brain dead um, Emilio Estevez is like, whoa, will you go out with me? It's. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and so picking up the others, Judd Nelson, who obviously finds it easier to come to detention, just to have, have a reason, because, you know, he set off a fire alarm. So he set off a fire alarm because he doesn't want to be at home. He wants right. to be somewhere else. So it, his home life is, as he says, you know, I, it was a better better year in the Bender family this year. You know, I've, I've got a pack of, a of cigarettes. It's like, smoke up, Johnny. You know, he's got a cigar burn because... I mean, the rest of us thinks it's all an act. Um, so, spoil? No, well, you can't spoil this movie. He said he's got girlfriends. You know, I, at one point he says, I, I forget, but he said girlfriends. And he's a yeah. good looking guy. He's trying to make Molly Ringwald jealous, though. Everybody 
in school mm. thinks he's cool. They don't think he's a freak. I mean, again, I, I've seen guys like that in my school, like where they're intimidated by the guy. They don't want to mess with them, but the girls are in just in love with them, you know, that they want to be with him and all that stuff. Because again, it's like most girls, like where they see somebody that's dark and mysterious, mm. they have to be with them. So in that regard, I think that when he leaves his house, he's probably going to get by in his looks. He'll get a decent job, you know, and he'll have things handed to him. Well, we'll talk about that in trivia time because there was a there was a plan for after the, for after the Breakfast Club. But just to bring up just to bring the, the last character then, Anthony Michael Hall, um, who um, spoiler alert for trivia time, is it, actually his sister and his mum in the car that are dropping him off in real life. Um, it is his mum that's, that's going. Fine. Oh, Misty, you figure out a way to study. Um, and that's his mum. Um, but from the character. It, the, 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 the pressure is enough on him for him to take a, take a flare gun to school, hide it in his locker, and pretty much so, he, knows, he knows there's nothing that can happen from that. I know, sympathize with that fun. character, not to that extreme, but I mean, I got, I mean, I'm telling you, my grades weren't because I wanted A's. You know? Right. Like, I just. And what would wasn't... happen if you didn't get. Did you, did you ever not get one? Yeah, um, I finally, it was. I, I did finally get one B, but it was in uh, college calc my senior year. It's calc two, basically. I don't know. So it was uh, chem two. Uh, but until then, I never did. And like, you know, I did a lot. Of, yeah, I made sure I did extra credit and everything to make sure I never got an A or below an A. Um, but it was more like to, I was afraid to disappoint, my, you know, the, the disappointment of the parents. Right? Oh. Like, well, I'm disappointed in you. Like, I know you, it's like they knew I could get an A. So I wasn't allowed to get anything lower. And that's like, it's a lot of pressure, you know, like you're just sitting there and you're just like, I need to get this, you know, and especially if you, you make, you fail a test or you do something, a bad test, you're like, how can I get extra credit? What can I do? Remember one time in driver's ed, I washed the, the car of the, the driver's ed car to like get just that little bit above. So, cause I was at like a B plus, you know, Okay. So, but yeah. you know, it's not like, so I, easy, what, though. What, is, what are everyone else's grades like? What was it? I had a 3.0. Well? No, I, I won the math awards uh, for a long time, and Jack can attest uh, my life in math took a huge left turn when I did calculus <laughs> with him. <laughs> Who was that guy? Professor. Uh... Oh. Todd? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, he might have been Professor Todd. Yeah, he was a jerk. <laughs> But I, otherwise, I got all A's in math, and that's why yeah. I became an accountant and all that. Well, I tell you, there's no more depressing sight than me that, <laughs> taking taking the lad out, putting him in expensive school, and then him coming out with his G- GCSEs, uh, which are basically dreadful. Um, yeah, it, it was almost as if like he might as well have just. A la Dark Knight, put the money in a pile and just set fire to it. But what were you doing? <laughs> were you like uh, involved in sports or? Uh, no, I was I was involved in um, the rugby team, hmm. but I got ta- I got taken out by one of the other by one of the other kids, um, so I couldn't play rugby after that. Um, that's that's another that's another story. But yeah, um, I, I I guess I wasn't I guess I wasn't sporty. But what I was doing was. Doing rebelling in my own little way, so I came out GCSE with like high in, high in maths um, and French. Yeah, that's about it. 
Um, the rest of it was dreadful. I mean, I've got a D in English. I mean, my mother tongue, I got a D in English. I was like, I, I think I've got to leave now at this point. Please, ex please exit the island through through France and don't come back until you can get more than a D. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, back to the back to the film. Um, I think at this point we're, we're actually going quite uh, quite well. Do you know what? I think I'm going to do. I think I do trivia time. Uh, Amanda's just had to um, just duck out for a little minute. Um, uh, a little problem with, with Amy, so I think that be should resolve. She'd be able to sleep well. Um, I think if we go to trivia time, then we can bring out some of the other things because then I think the way, the way the discussion's going. So uh, we'll move on to trivia time. Trivia time. Okay, so um, I'm holding this up so people at home can't hear, can't, can't see. Um, there's lots. When I went to print it out, I usually go to IMDb or some other sources and then just get those through. When I cut and pasted it into into uh, Word, Word um, into Word, it was 25 pages. Wow. Right, it's, nothing's ever been anything close than that. It's been about seven or eight, you know, if it's a, if it's a more popular film, 25 pages, and I'm just like it's ridiculous. I have um, my book, uh, which again I have referenced on Mr. Junk, but basically my nice hardback book on um, John Hughes. Um, even in that, it gets like. 12 pages, 12, 14 pages all to itself. Um, so I'm, I, I really had to condense it down. So I'll, I'll kick off with some some, some easy ones. The film was shot was shot in sequence. So I'm trivia time. Oh, I'm back. Yeah, you're back. Hello. Um, the scene in which the characters sit on the floor in the library and tell stories uh, by why they're in detention wasn't scripted. He, it says here, um, he told them all to ad-lib. They had a script to stick to, but they were allowed to, to, to move around in it, which is good. Um, Maybe that's why I didn't feel the depth of character then. Well, do you not think that you... Were you not... Um, not moved as such, but, you you know, when they're, when they're telling the story, you've got to, you've got to think that the, the worst story in that is, uh, is, uh, is Emilio Estevez's. It's got to be. Emilio Estevez's story. Well... John 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 Nelson sets off a fire alarm. Ali Sheedy is is there oh, okay. because she has nothing better to do. Um, the, the flare gun in the in the locker. Skipping school, you know, skipping school is Molly Ringwald's crime. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got this guy who's basically bullied this this younger kid, taped his buns together, and he's just no, going like the humiliation. The, the humiliation. I mean, it's quite it's quite. Yeah, but. I suppose that was that was better than the others, but well, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a it was a part of that. Um, Judd Nelson stayed in character off camera. Um, even it says he bullying Molly Ringwald. Um, John Hughes nearly fired him over it, but Paul Gleason, the principal, was the one that defended Judd Nelson, saying, "Look, he's a good actor. He's just in character. This is just the way that what he does." So you know, like sort of like lay off him. So I always thought that because the, the other the other bit was um, when you look at the, the end and uh, and he, put, he puts his fist up at the end of it. Um, he was just the idea was he was just supposed to walk into the sunset. Um, and John Hughes goes, "Can you just play around with a few actions?" Um, and first thing he did is he went there, threw the fist up, 
and everyone loved it and that's it and now that's sort of become iconic so you look at if you you type in look up t-shirts for the breakfast club it's all like you know yeah. it's that um so uh so when the principal uh where Paul Gleason's in in the looking as if he's going to punch Judd Nelson <laughs> he, he thought that was real he thought he was actually going to hit him from a method acting point of view so the flinch that you get from Judd Nelson is real it's not like scripted or anything like that so I thought it was good um, it, and going back to what we were saying it was originally suggested there'd be more than several sequels to this film occurring every 10 years that was the idea I, I would like to see that I think that'd been pretty cool uh, well yeah actually you might have given I, it a higher mark well, you know, I, I just want to say real quick, one of the problems that I had was that it took place in the same place. You know what I'm saying? I think that if they weren't in that room for so long, if it was, I don't know, it, it just seemed like it was very confined. Maybe it was, they, he it was, was going for that. Episode. Yeah. And that's not actually the, that's not actually the, the library. The library was, they wanted to film it, was too small. That's the gym. They built that set in the gym. That makes so sense. I've never seen a high school library that large. I was like, yeah. Yeah. beast? What's going on here? <laughs> it was it was big like that at uni. In fact, it was probably four times the size well, of that. At university, uni. yeah, for sure. In college, yeah, but not in... Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd uh, went undercover at a local high school uh, where the film was shooting. He convinced the teenagers he was a legitimate student. He looks uh, so he says, old. Did he really? Well, mm. well, see, the ages, the ages, I did have the ages here. So, so how I know I'm not going to go through them all, but the ages. So, how old was Judd Nelson when this was filmed? I'm going to guess 28. Okay. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. I'd say mid 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I would say about 25. <clears throat> well, 25. Yeah. But have you guys seen like if you actually look at a 17 year old? and a 25 year old they look very different you know like it, when you're when you're 17 you're like oh yeah we, yeah that guy is super old yeah i don't know yeah it just but with him though he, he may have been left back several years yeah <laughs> i'm <terrible>. serious <laughs> i don't know oh. i just the only one that looked maybe age appropriate i think was um anthony michael hall yeah and how old how old is he i mean he could just look young like me but i, I assume maybe he was 23 no he was 16 he was actually 16 in that movie? He was actually 16. So he, looked, yeah. he actually was age-appropriate. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say 18. But... Okay, Molly Ringwald? How old was she? Yeah. yeah 22. I'd was... Yeah, I'd say early 20s. Um, I would say she was probably about 18. 16. She's she was 16? She was yeah. also, okay. Yeah. Um, well, we can't leave the others out then. Emilio Estevez. Is it? Do, do you pronounce it Estevez or Estevez? Estevez. Estevez. Right. Okay. So, how old, gentlemen? And I'm and questioning lady? everything I thought. I can see. Oh, you can see. Yeah. I'd say it was about twenty. <laughs> sure, I'll I'll agree with Jack. Uh, well, okay. I'll agree with those guys too. Twenty. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Okay, so Molly Ringwald had to creepily kiss Judd Nelson's neck. She was 16 and he was 25? Yeah. Guys, that's weird. That's uh, uh, weird. Uh, but let's go to Weird Science, shall we? Um, why oh. in Weird Science, when Kelly DeBrock was talking about, you know, what she was going to do to him and stuff, he was 14. Oh, yeah, that's weird too. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> so, and he tried to, well, he did slip the tongue. Well, that was, that was the trivia bit. When they were kissing, he slipped the tongue. And when the shot finished, she like said, if you ever do that again, I'm going to slap you around. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like, and, and I guess sometimes when you look at the trivia, you're like thinking, I have such fond memories of that film. And then when you <laughs> watch that scene, you're like going, oh my Ooh. God. It's, yeah. it's happening. It's happening. Wow. Okay. So Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall were age appropriate for the movie, and they were and they were dating at the time. Oh, were they? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ali Sheely, last one. What do we, what do we think? Nineteen. Mm, I, I go eighteen. I'd say maybe eight. Yeah, eighteen, nineteen. Mm, say twenty-three. She was also twenty-three. Mm. Oh wow. You know who I thought yeah. she was at first? Have you guys seen the the remake of jo- or the Josie and the Pussycats movie? Like, yeah, she's like the the girl, the the woman who's in charge of the brainwashing, uh, you know, company in that movie. She look they look very similar as far from. from Is that the wrong with Evan Rachel Wood? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So okay. the evil lady who like actually ended up having like weird teeth or was like you know like and then she ends up dating the guy, the guy who's like actually bald but he's like the other guy and they realized they were high school like weirdos okay. together. Anyway, she looks very similar at that age. I was like, I was like, is that her? I was like, this makes sense timeline wise, but maybe. Anyway. <laughs> See, the interesting thing before we get off the ages is there's the, the, the continuity of the film. Anthony Michael Hall had a growth spurt. So if you watch the start of the film, he's he's um, the, the same height as Judd Nelson. If you, but then at the end of the film, when they because they shot the whole film in sequence, it, it wasn't like they shot one. And oh. then it, was back. it was all shot in sequence. Because of that, when they're all doing the 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 bit the, the song mm-hmm. at the end like like that, he's taller than Judd Nelson quite considerably. So wow. he has a grace bit during during filming. That's fun. That's fun fact. Mm-hmm. He had the same thing happen to him in Vacation. In what in National did it? Oh, yeah, because okay. like they had to reshoot the ending of Vacation because audiences didn't like it, and so when they brought him back, he was taller than Beverly D'Angelo. And before right. he was shorter than wow. that. Oh, right. Okay. That guy's a freak. <laughs> love, love that film. So um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So who, who was originally considered for the role of John Bender then? But the production company could not afford his salary at the time. Do we want to have a? Um, you can throw out some names. Is that the? Is that the? Um, that's the uh, Judd Nelson. Judd oh, Judd Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Uh, Tom who Cruise? did he originally have in mind? Tom Cruise, uh, Charlie see. Sheen, James Spader, Nick Cage. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was he around then? Like, I, I, I was going to say the same yeah, thing. That was like Moonlight era, right? Like his yeah, sister. Peggy Sue got married. In- Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, yeah. and then um, also what was the Raising Arizona? Raising well, Arizona. Moonstruck. I mean, that- Moonstruck. Moonstruck, right? Which but I that, said, and then. Happy. Yeah. Well, what about the one they just made a remake that's kind of a musical? Oh, Valley Girls. Valley Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wasn't he? Wasn't he in Rumblefish with Mickey Rourke? Oh, I don't know. Va- I never saw but, that. One. Valley Girl fits that same kind of, you know, that era, like that kind of thing. So, um, I love this next one. Uh, oh, by the way, also considered for the role was John Cusack, who who mm-hmm. flew for the audition um, all the way from San Francisco. I think he said to Chicago. Um, to to do that, but Judd Nelson um, came in as character, um, and he was listening to the Sex Pistols. Um, mm-hmm. He had a 
had a boombox and he was listening to Sex Pistols and he just put that down and just lit up his cigarette and just acted in character and they just went, yep, yeah, we'll, we'll take you. Um, John Hughes actually appears in this film. It's not, not like Alfred Hitchcock or, you know, Stan Lee who makes an appearance. John Hughes is in this film. Can anyone tell me where he is? He's got to be driving a car. But, but, but where, but where, Joe, but where? Oh, was he uh, Judd Nelson's father? Oh, no, that's not, no, he was older, that guy. Oh, because he never, he's the only one that doesn't arrive or leave in a car. Oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Emilio Estevez. Oh, so it's got to be, um, what's her face? Uh, it's got to be Mother one of the girls. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's actually Michael Sheen? Hall's dad. I thought that the mother brought him. Yeah. yeah, the mother brought him and the dad picks him up. And oh, the dad's okay. junkies. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Which you... <laughs> I always like that one. Um, so the lipstick trick that Molly Ringwald does, um, she couldn't do it. So they had to use different camera angles to make it appear like she could. Um, which I always thought was a... I don't know if anyone so can I, do that. Do you think? I, I'm just trying to do it myself. If I had a long lipstick. Or... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not go that way. Um, it's the same school uh, that's in Ferris. I so I could do that. Um, yeah. Well, what the lipstick trick? Yeah, really? I dragged my coat. Okay, I will. I'll let you. I'll let you all know how it goes. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, okay. Let's end this match. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, it's the same school as in Ferris Bueller. Uh, so the inf- the inference is, is that Paul Gleason is the deputy head teacher, and that Ed Rooney is the head teacher. So it all exists. All of those kids know who Ferris is. Oh, that's interesting. That I wish the, there would have been one save Ferris sign in the background, kind of like they do in like Arrested Development. Really, well, he wasn't sick then, you know. True. So he was sick, sick. Yeah, later. Um, what was the? So this is where it all broke down. This is a good one to break down. I am cherry picking this because we'd be here all night um, or all afternoon um, for you, but. Um, so Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, John Kaplos were all in 16 Candles the year before. Later that year, Hall and Kaplos appeared in Weird Science together. So they were in the club. John, pa- John Kaplos had the, the hat with the feather in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so Hughes was planning for Hall and Ringwald and him to team up again in Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and have the three of them just keep making movies like that, like Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland made in the 40s and, and things like that. So one after the other, playing different characters in different movies with the same actor. But Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall had other plans. While Molly Ringwald did, did appear in Pretty in Pink, Hall said no to the ducky roll. He said this was due to a redundancy issue, that it was too much like the love triangle that they had in Sixteen Candles. Reportedly, John Hughes was hurt and never got over the grudge. He focused on... Uh, Ringwald, hoping she would star in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and some kind of wonderful, which again teens in love, love, you know, love triangle. But at this point, after appearing on the cover of Time, Molly Ringwald wanted to spread her wings and try other projects. Ringwald and Hall's rejection of Hughes at this point hurt him deeply, and in fact led to the end of the whole John Hughes team movie, movie genre. Without his muses to inspire him. Hughes lost interest in, the, in it and stopped making the movies. And in effect, the genre that he created died at that point. In an op-ed piece, Ringwald wrote, after Hughes died many years later, 
she compared this to Michael and Wendy Darling leaving Neverland and Peter Pan shutting down Neverland out of spite forever as a result. She said that Hughes held a grudge against him for rejecting him and effectively stopped, stopped doing those types of movies. He also never really spoke to either of them again until the time he died um, and never collaborated in any of the films with them. So one thing the book does say, if you cross John Hughes, that's it, you're out. You're out the circle. There's no way back. There's no, once it's done, and, and it doesn't matter, it's the levels. The love that he had for John Candy was really strong, really, really, really strong. Um, and he just basically saw him and saw his brother. But any time you look at John John Hughes, I think it's probably a good good one to sort of wrap up with on on this on this particular one. Because we've done John we've done John Hughes throughout this season. Um, and the way that the way that we've done it is that, that we've looked at things afterwards so when we did Plain Strange and Autumn Deals we looked at a press mm. conference that, that he did yeah. with John Candy and, and Steve Martin and it always looks like he has somewhere else he wants to be it always looks like I'm, I'm not happy doing this I'm not happy doing promotion I'm not happy doing this I'd much rather just be writing and just doing something else there's there's no doubt that while I mean I consider him to be a genius I mean it's, it's just the way you know the way that I feel about it I think that he's he's definitely a very temperamental very very odd character do you think he's on the spectrum yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's it certainly to, when you look at that. When we were watching that, you, you kind of like looked, you know, because it doesn't take him very long at all, does it, to actually write a movie? It's like two days. It's like, like two I mean, days. I've done it's it, great. and that's it. Bang, done it. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. He wrote while he was uh, directing the Breakfast Club, and he wrote that in two days. Um, he wrote this in uh, three days. Um, I think Pretty in Pink was two days. Yeah, he just basically, as soon as he's got got there, he just writes it and then goes, that's, that's the, wow. the way it is. So, yeah, um, Emilio Estevez, uh, the, so the role of, uh, is his role, uh, other people in consideration, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Matthew Broderick, Jim Carrey, Michael J. Fox and Rob Lowe. I don't know how that would have worked. With, the only one that really doesn't done. work is... Jim Carrey, like I was like, no. that would have been really weird. Michael J. Fox, though. I mean, it's no, Michael J. Fox. They kind of look that. a little bit. At the Michael time, Jerry. especially, yeah, I think Michael J. Fox could have played that role. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, I, I, I remember the 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 whole controversy. But was he still his Family Ties? Is that the show he did? What was yeah. the show? That, yeah. And family that Ties was, was his big start. He was like locked into those those contracts really bad. Like that's why they almost they. Pretty much filmed the entire Ferris, Ferris or uh, entire Back to the Future with um, who was that guy? Eric. Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, and then because he wanted, they wanted Michael J. Fox, but they couldn't get him out of his contract. They wouldn't let him film anything else while he was filming Family Ties. Then it came out, and then they redid the whole movie. They already filmed it all. It's crazy. Watch all those behind the scenes. It's pretty fascinating. But I think that yeah, that would have been. I mean, similarly, I think it would have worked. Yeah. Well, what with Eric Stoltz? No. Well, the Back to the Future would not have worked with Eric Stoltz. Yeah, he was. He filmed the whole thing, and apparently, he was such a jerk to the guy that plays Biff. Like he would actually push him back, and like was really like, like act. You know, method um, method acting in a in a negative way. And like the guy who she's like, look, I'm like way bigger than you. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, this is crazy. Why are you being such a jerk? 
regular Let's... listeners to, to the podcast know my um, defense of Eric Stoltz. Oh, I don't think I don't just, yeah. they made him seem like the real bad guy in those behind the scenes, though. <coughs> Some kind of yeah. wonderful. I know you, I, see, I, I'm a regular listener, and I know Charlie really likes Eric Stoltz, but. I agree with Taylor. That's my biggest problem with him is I heard what a jerk he was on the set of Back to the Future, mm-hmm. and that when he left, uh, the whole cast uh, had applause. You know, because gripes. They were, you know, he must have been well, a real jerk. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, right, well, um, Stanley Stanley Kubrick watched The Breakfast Club four times, oh. and was and was really impressed by Anthony Michael Hall's performance. He compared Hall to a young Spencer Tracy. And this, I love. Kubrick wanted to cast him in the lead role of Private Joker in Full Metal Jacket. Oh. Well, but after months of negotiation, he turned the offer down and it went to Matthew Modi. Can you imagine, I mean, Full Metal Jacket without Matthew Modi? It'd have been a lot bigger then, wouldn't he? If he's had his gross spurt and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he would have fixed the role, actually. He would have been like the Edward Scissorhands... Anthony Michael yeah, Hall, been, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think like, it, like me. I think it would work. <laughs> I think it would have worked too. And you know, I've, I mean, I hate to tell you this, I don't like Matthew Modine in that movie. I mean, I like everybody else, but too, too woke is it, Joe? Or, or what? No, not that he's too woke. It's just that I just don't <laughs> think that I think anyone could have played it better than he did. That's how I see it. Wow, he didn't impress me, but I love that movie though. Wow. Mm. Have you got anything else for us? Or are we, are we, I think we're we, are we kind of done on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things they, they they said right at the end was one of the main themes in the film is the generational conflict. Vernon despises all of them, but because he uh, because of their youth, fearing not only not only to be cared for them to be an old man in a in a retirement home, but managing the country. So that's the thing he said. Is one of these things. One of these days, you know, that's the thing that keeps me up at night. You know, one of these days, these kids are going to be looking after us, and that's where Carl goes. I wouldn't count on it. Mm. Um, and you know, it's. I, I think there's a. He's he's worried about being a joke, really, isn't he? He's worried about being considered as a joke. Yeah. Um, I did you whilst I was gone? Did you discuss the role of the janitor? No, we haven't. I found he was actually a pivotal character in the movie. 100%. I thought he was actually very well placed because he was able to disperse that um, sort of classical um, janitor. Oh, he's obviously not on a lot of money and. You know, it's probably a bit dim and, you know, that kind of characterisation of a janitor. But he actually dispelled that and said, actually, I know what's going on in this school. I know what everyone's doing. Look at Jed Nelson's face when he gets... And what pies and everything. And you yeah. think, oh my God, of course he would, wouldn't he? Because he'd, he'd be able to see everything. He'd see what was going on in the offices. He'd see what was going on with the teachers. Yeah, and it's interesting. Students. Did you guys... His Did you picture. notice he's a picture? Yeah, I was about his to say his picture. The start of the, yeah. He was one of those so football stars. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So there's one hmm. really old face that's looking young when you're going when they're going panning through that school of all the pictures in the very beginning. It seems out of place, actually. Taylor, she she was like, that she's like, his face is in the thing. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you didn't notice the out of place, like different face? 
that was like very specifically framed that we rewound and it was definitely him like with like his high school oh, wow. you know his uh you know the, yeah. you know like your, your senior photo kind of uh situation yeah. Yeah. so he was there before yeah. you know yeah, yeah i was gonna say similar to taylor with the, the whole undershirt thing uh, or t-shirt thing the thing that kind of like stuck out for me is when Judd Nelson's character pulled the screw out of the door so that it would close. Mm. Why couldn't the janitor just fix that? <laughs> he didn't want to fix that because he was cool. He also, it. do you guys think that there wouldn't be the janitor from Scrubs, though, this janitor? Like, like 100%, like there's a through line. You know, I don't know if you guys ever watched Scrubs. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that janitor is like the, he knows everything. He like messes with like the staff, but he's like also feared because he's like, so like, but you know, and he's a word of wisdom, you know, they're just like, there's definitely a through line there. Oh, I love the janitor from that show. Yeah, he's great. That was a great show. Well, this yeah. is gonna, this is our this is our longest so, podcast. So yeah, I like the janitor. I yeah. thought he played a really good role. Yeah, and and the way he was like questioning the the, um, the deputy on you know that whole thing about oh really are the children really going to look after you when you're older? Yeah. <laughs> so it was like oh actually yeah maybe I just should kind of tone it down a bit and actually start supporting and helping them rather than being a bit of a <laughs> I was going to say something else then, but it would have been his word, so I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we must draw this to a close, yeah. sadly. Can I ask but you one, not one be- question before you go? Yeah. Hmm. What's your favourite and least favourite John Hughes film? Oh. Well, you'll have to answer that. Fav- I've watched more. Favourite this one, least favourite. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Um, what, including like things like Curly Sue and Home Alone, things like Everything, that. Everything. Yeah. Well, no, well, no, okay. just the ones he directed. Oh. Um. Okay, so very quickly, um, regular listeners will know this, but um, I last year I went to see a John Hughes movie marathon. Started at six, ended at two in the morning, um, and in order: Sixteen Candles, uh, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, and First Bueller's Day Off, which started just after midnight. It's great. Behind me was um, a group of like twenty, early twenties. Um, I found out they're all teachers, and they leant over to me before the film any of them started and went, "Have you watched it? Have you watched any of these?" And I was like, "Watch, <laughs> watch, 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 watch every near enough every single night." Uh, but I said, "Yeah." I said, "But six, see, see what you think." Sixteen Candles is very dated. Very dated. It doesn't hold up much at all. Um, I'm well, not what's your favourite what's your least favourite Sixteen Candles is my least favourite because at the end of it you know they turn around and think well yeah we have a real problem with that um, it's Breakfast Club but then I mean I'm a massive Pretty Pink fan and Ferris is just well, just incredible but, it has yeah. to be Ferris for me okay. me Ferris too is my favourite as well like me too tough yeah. to knock that out at number one Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ferris okay. is just brilliant. It's right. so well put together. The, the undercurrent, it's all about Cameron. It's not about Ferris. It, it just is such a good movie. Oh, you haven't listened to you haven't listened to this lot talk about Ferris Bueller. I mean, seriously, they're just, they, they take it to next level stuff. Oh, really? We thought we were good. And then oh, suddenly, really? T- Taylor, I think, is a walking font of absolute knowledge of, of Ferris Bueller. I I've watched all fair. the behind the scenes stuff. I love Ferris Bueller. That was, was my favorite movie all the way until I think probably sometime in college. Um, yeah. yeah, great movie. It's and yeah, I did. about it. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Have you done also, any road trips and seen any of the, 
the no, I haven't. I was so upset that I didn't. I don't think I had the money at the time. I wanted to go see the the Chicago. They did like the, the it was like the twentieth anniversary or twenty fifth or something like that, where like they actually did the con- like concert and stuff. I was like, man, I would love to have gone to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always try to get that car, the uh, the the GT California, in every like racing game I get. I'm always like going for that one. <laughs> I'm always like, I gotta drive that around. Um, the legacy lives on. Yeah, lives on. Yeah. Um, just you- before we go, does anyone want to have a? So we have a regular segment right at the end called "Little Does She Know," whereby, <laughs> whereby we you give uh, an actress or, or an actor, sorry, they're all called actors now, is it? Like, actors, actors, yes. um, and you've got th- thirty seconds to guess three films. Um, you would think some of the ones you'd pick would be easy, like Michael Douglas, but no, that was quite difficult for you. Oh shit. Um, I think I think if you name Robert Downey Jr. Oh, she's like this. Oh, back to school. Oh yeah. You know, all, the, all the really obscure ones, but no. Um, so I think. Uh, well, should we just have a, a quick, quick round? What do you think? You pick a Jack. Why don't you pick? Why don't you pick? So pick a. Uh, we, we've done quite a few. Um, so. Pick a. I was about to say pick a less obscure, uh, uh, not famous one, but crikey, the famous ones are. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty pick a winner. So yeah. pick pick a movie, pick an actor, no, an pick actor. An actor, actor or actress. We've got to get three films. Actor. No, an actor. Michael Douglas. Oh no no no! We've done that. We've done that. Yeah, one. we did that, that one. That's right. Michael yeah. Okay. Quite, quite straight. Um, Not like Tom Cruise, not Bruce Willis, not Mill Street, not Leonardo DiCaprio, not Brad Pitt. I've got one. Oh, wow. Now, I'm put on the spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's okay. Let's see. Uh, Taylor, if you've got one then. Uh, Ian McKellen. Mm. Oh, there you go. Is he that British bloke? Yeah. I have got a different one. If you don't want that one, I got a different one. If you don't want that one, was, was he in like Lord a, of the Rings? We've done a quiz show. Yeah, was he yeah. Gandalf? You got one. Yeah, yeah Lord of the Rings. I was going to say we've done right. A bit stuck now. Oh dear, dear Lord, no. He's in that. He's in that um, sitcom, isn't he? Him and the other guy that's like. Oh that yeah, was. no, I know what that is. Yeah, the gay, the gay, the gay couple. Yeah, I see yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. It's well, but yeah, I like that. How about um, he was in a movie. Sorry. He was in a movie last year that was really horrible, and it was panned by critics, and nobody saw it. And it was once a musical. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a series of them. You could say that they're related to our show a lot. Like just maybe Star Trek. No, more, more, more on the Dis- Disney owns them now. Star Wars. <sighs> okay. I'll no. Uh, uh, Taylor, Taylor do you know, do you, can you see what a sticky wicket you're on, as we would say? I don't know. <laughs> um, that also, they also, it also had um, Hugh Jackman in these movies. Yeah. Um, it had Sir Patrick Stewart in these movies. Uh, they had Halle Berry, who's in a lot of them. It also you won't be able the- to hear at home, but the light bulb's about three or four seconds away from going off. Is it? It's not the Fantastic Four, is it? Oh, no, geez. but similar. It's we're similar very close. To that, isn't it? Oh, very God. close. We watched. Um, There's a letter of the alphabet in the name of the of the team. Oh, the X Men. Yeah, yeah, he's Magneto <laughs> in the X Men movies. It. See, it's not oh, thirty. Like, I should have said like he's an he's an old Michael Fassbender. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> That's good. Tea. 
Ian McKellen, you know. Oh shush. It's hot. I know. Sorry, I should have said Sir Ian McKellen. He is knighted. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I have well, one one interesting thing of trivia I wanted to say that contains Matthew Broderick, which I bet you okay. don't know about. So, uh, you know, I used to live in uh, New York, and there are a lot of homeless people in Manhattan. And so they had interviewed this one homeless person, and they said, you know, have you ever had celebrities stop by? And, uh, you know, have they given you money? And what were they like? And so he said, he go, he go, you know, they asked him who was his best and who was the worst. So he said, yeah, one time Matthew Broderick, you know, was coming down towards me and he saw me and he turned around and he left. And so I thought, you know, like he thought I was like a low life or something like that. But he went into an ATM and he got him money and he came back and gave it to him. You know, so I thought that was really nice. And um, and then he said the worst was that was Alec Baldwin. Um, you know, basically told him, lectured him that, you know, if you led a better life, you know, you wouldn't be in this situation. And uh, he did yeah. a Glen Gary, Glen Ross speech to him, did he? Probably. <laughs> but no, I thought that was pretty cool with Matthew Broderick, though. Oh, well, yeah, but Matthew Broderick is, he's just, he's just great in everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yes, anyway, well, it's good. we've come to an end I'd, I'd loads of trivia here but honestly we, we would be here all night mm-hmm. and, and you you know we, we are it's been a pleasure and thank you for joining us uh, really honestly yeah uh, thank you I think it's added an, another dimension to our depth of podcast it is and if this podcast goes like stratospheric <laughs> because people are listening to it what more right? than 30 listeners then you got to I'm sorry you've got to come back <laughs> because, <laughs> no no we've got a call we've got Oh, I was going to say it to the two German people that, that listen to us in two Berlin. Berlin. No, 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 but I, I just love the fact that when you go in and you look at all the stats of where everyone's listening and what they're listening on and what they're using for it, they might have clicked on it by mistake. But I don't know if the two German, I don't know if the two German people are together and they listen to it separately and they say, "Oh, you've got to listen to." It. Have you have you checked out the new Rusty joke? <laughs> or whether or not they just don't know each other. They probably don't know each other. I, I'd they love can start to. a fan club in Germany. Together, oh. the two of them. <laughs> well, it's they'll have uh, got... posters of you and Amanda like all over their walls. <laughs> oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> that, that would be weird. They should I write in think... a letter to the editor if you're listening. Write in to Rusted Junk and tell tell them which of the two German people you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, please. You, please do you do. speak German? You speak German? No, I'm missing. I'm missing. Only write it in German, though, if you're going to write it in, just because. <laughs> well, just to confuse us. Yeah. We'll have to put it through um, the big G translator, won't we? Big there G. you go. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> um, can you um, give a little shout-out to Nerdler um, so that people who haven't um, heard you before then can, can catch you? Yeah, we're part of the uh, WDWNT family, and uh, our podcast is called... WDWNT Nerd Alert, and we have been doing this weekly this year. We especially wanted to help people get through COVID so that they could have something to listen to. And uh, Charlie, me. yeah, and Charlie was definitely someone that contacted me and wished that we would 
that COVID would not affect us and that we'd keep putting out the episodes. So we've been trying extra hard to put more and more episodes and we've been doing some things we normally wouldn't do, but we just want to provide a lot of content for people so that we can do it on a weekly basis. And we've been doing pretty good this, this year. We've, we're up to episode 36, 37, and um, we just have a lot of fun with the three of us. Uh, it's rare when the three of us agree with things. And so that's what makes it a lot of fun is that we're always, you know, frustrated over each other. And usually it's me versus the world. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I yeah, agreed but, with you like three weeks yeah. ago. Jack is, <laughs> yeah, Jack's the middleman. He kind of like, sometimes he'll be on my side, sometimes he'll be on Taylor's. Uh, there really was a time though that Joe and I agreed. I don't remember when it was, but I remember both of us being shocked that we had the same idea. It was probably Aquaman. <laughs> it was, I think it was. We both, yeah, we both didn't like Aquaman. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, just, uh, you know, look for us, WDWNT Nerd Alert. Yeah, like we're available, probably the same thing that uh, Charlie's on, like on iTunes or Entunes. Now, Entunes is ours, uh, WDW Entunes, but we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio and stuff like that. Can you, can, can you, can you play it on like your, um, the always listening music speaker thing in the kitchen or whatever? Can I'm you sure you could. Yeah, I'm whatever. sure you could. It, well, oh, if you kick it off right now. Yeah, if you depending on what your Play. your your service is that you have on your um, your streaming service device, yeah, um, right. then I, if you like, you know, probably if you have it set to Spotify or one of those ones that have the ability to add in uh, podcasts, yeah. and you could probably you know say like, yeah, play. I don't know. Would you say WDWNT is Nerd Alert, or would you say Nerd Alert? There's a lot of no, questions here. We'll get you'd back to you. You'd have to say WDWNT Nerd Alert. That's uh, a tongue teaser. Say it is. I have trouble saying it every day and every week. <laughs> Nerd Alert. Disney World, Disney World News Today. That'll get you through it. Were you saying, uh, Amanda? I don't, think, gonna, I don't think just saying Nerdler podcast will work, but we'll, no, there's, there's, there's a bunch straight, of them out there. After this. I'm going to try it when we're finished. I'm yeah, gonna we're going to try, try it. it. We're going to try it. Let us we know. Could open, we could open season three with the result, couldn't we? Oh, season three. Do you want to teaser? Do you want to say what season three's theme is? Yeah, I've chosen it. All right. It's action movies. Oh, awesome. Are we? Yeah, doing, we have movies. you already done Die Hard? That's not a forgotten movie. No, so, oh, so, forgotten. I thought you said 80s movies. Forgotten movies. So. Those 80s, but kind of movies. like not the most popular oh, kind I of thought, ones. I thought you said action, Mission not forgotten. Two. It's my fault. So, mm-hmm. so things like... Two? That was in the That's 80s? Come on, man. At least mine was in the Look, 80s. It's not forgotten. Not Everyone knows it. They watch it for Christmas. It's the favorite Christmas movie for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so things like um, Escape from New York. Ooh, yeah, all right. Okay. Ooh. Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else uh, have we got coming up? Uh, sea of Love with Al Pacino. Um, uh, no Way Out with Kevin Costner. Um, yeah, we've got some We've got some good ones. Oh, but got, it, but um, it'll, just, it'll change. Have we got a Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yes. She's got to have a Jean-Claude Van Damme okay. film in there. And I'm Let's like, board. Oh, right, yeah. So. I think it might be. Well, I was thinking Kickboxer. Oh, one of them then. Have you guys played, um, did you guys know that, I mean, I don't want to spoilers for maybe the future Escape from New York episode, but Kurt Russell's character, Snake Plissken, is the base of uh, the Snake character in Metal Gear Solid, the video game series by Hideo Kojima. 
Yeah, um, I don't want to say that. Oh, see, fun that's fact. It's great. Thanks very much. Anyway, we'll wrap this up. I think I only have like one minute, uh, one hour forty-seven of time left. So we've got to. Uh, I think we've got to wrap it up. It's Otherwise, right I'll, I'll run out or something like that. Anyway, you can find us at Rusty J Pod. Um, we've really enjoyed um, doing season two. And as I say, it's been brilliant to have you guys with us for the last bit because it's, I mean, I know I've, I've written, uh, I've talked about this, but you guys were the inspiration to start this podcast. The format of what we have, it might have, you know, changed over the time when we put jingles in and things like that. But, but that's what you do. You just evolve. But yeah, um, what is, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Um, so yes, consider yourself flattered, gentlemen. Um, Thanks. But yeah, thank you. so thank you for joining us. And why? Well, do you want to say? Would you like to say goodbye? Would you like, first? We we all we all have our way of saying goodbye. Yeah, you so, say. See ya. Okay. Good night, all, and be good to each other. See you later. Cheerio. Rusted junk. Rusted junk. Rusted junk. The forgotten 80s movies. The forgotten 80s movies.